Hey guys, I'm Rhea Fry, best-selling author, business owner, wife, mother, but most of all, I'm a human. And I'm Joe Tower, entrepreneur, producer, editor, husband, son, and I am also a human. As writers, we're always digging behind the story of publishing, ego, process, to get to the deeper truth of who we are and why we're here. While we're still pursuing that mission of the Right Way podcast, we wanted a platform where we could talk about being writers as well as being human. Now we'll be spending each episode talking with real people about real shit. This is the real story. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another solo episode of the Real Story Podcast. Today I am bringing back a little bit of the woo-woo and talking about one of the most incredible experiences I had recently with a group of 20 other women at an event called The Roar, which I mean how could you not enjoy something called the roar? (laughs) So one of my friends, um, exposed me to a woman by the name of Elizabeth Devon, who is a psychotherapist, um, has been a psychotherapist for about 15 years and got to a point where she felt talk therapy was a little bit limiting. I'm a big fan of therapy, but I too kind of feel like there are some limitations, um, when it comes to talking and talking and talking, Sometimes that does not effectively move trauma through your body and out of your body. And so she started exploring work, somatic body work and different types of work with the nervous system. And I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast, just being in adrenal fatigue and, you know, in fight or flight constantly and i just got i've i've reached a place where i'm really ready to unravel and unwind and get more into my parasympathetic system versus my sympathetic nervous system and being in fight or flight all the time so as i was kind of perusing this woman's um instagram actually and checking out who she was i loved that she was really talking about the nervous system work, think about it as couples therapy for your organs, where you get everything talking to each other. And so in my journey over the past few years, I've really done a ton of work and worked on ancestral healing and familial issues and body work and integration. And I felt like everyone that I had found was amazing, but no one was attacking the nervous system or getting to the root of what is really going on. And so I set up a consultation with this woman to work with her one-on-one and saw that she had an event called The Roar. And I was like, well, this will be a perfect introduction to Elizabeth and her work. So she had this event. It was $33 and it was at the historic Mason James um, building, which used to be a Masonic temple here in Tennessee. And it was so interesting that now it serves as a container for all of these like sacred women's events and workshops. Um, So just very, very interesting as a side note. But I went with a couple of friends and none of us knew what was going to happen. So we walked in and it's a beautiful space and, you know, we have our yoga mats and a blanket and a journal and you know, I love doing sacred women's circles and just different retreats and workshops and things like that. But this was something completely new and we were really going in blind. 
And so what proceeded to happen for the next like two and a half hours was so unique, but so incredible and something that every single person can do on a daily basis that leads to complete relief and release. And what it is or what it was is this. So we started really with talking about anger, what anger and rage even mean, sacred rage, sacred anger. They are very, very historically feminine traits. And a lot of us are not taught to embrace our anger. We're not taught to use it as a tool. Instead, we suppress it or we are labeled oh, you're so angry, you're so temperamental. And that was my experience from a very young age. My mom jokes that I came out of the womb angry. (laughs) Like I just came into this world angry. And what I have since learned is that we carry at least five generations worth of trauma in our cells, in our DNA. And if we do not work through those emotions and get them up and out of our bodies, we will hold on to them. Trauma is stored in our actual tissues in our body. It's why we manifest so many different health problems, emotional well-being problems, mental problems, cancers, sicknesses. We have to cleanse and get get these things up and out of our bodies. And as she was really talking about that, I realized, you know, for me, I would just get these bouts of anger as a child where I would literally go outside as like a seven or eight year old for no reason. I wasn't provoked. And I would start screaming, sometimes cursing (laughs) and like shaking and moving my body and just being just I would get these like fits of of rage. And I felt so out of control, but I would always feel better after. And it there was like a power there. There's a power with anger that we don't really think about because we label anger as bad. And when you look at a toddler, when you look at a young child, they are expressing and experiencing their emotions in the way that they should. So an emotion, the life cycle of an emotion can last up to 120 seconds. We are designed to get the emotion up and out of our bodies, whether that's anger, rage, joy, euphoria, whatever it is, We get it up and out of our body, and then we drop into absolute clarity. And that is what happens with babies. It's what happens with toddlers. You know, we we classify what toddlers experience as tantrums. Oh, they're going through the terrible twos. They're having a tantrum. Instead, they're actually expressing themselves. And what starts to happen is we start to shame them. We start to say, no, you can't act like that in public. And then we start to repress and suppress our emotions. Showing being happy is good, showing, you know, rage, crying, being upset, that's bad. And so we stop doing it. And then as we get older, we will do whatever we can to avoid feeling anything at all. So we drink, we do drugs, we watch TV, we are addicted to our phones. We do all of these things to avoid feeling, truly deeply feeling anything. And so I really realized for myself that I, my whole life up until this point, have been in such a rush and I'm always going forward and I have self-protected in 
numerous ways. I've had a lot of physical trauma in my life. A lot of, um, was very accident prone as a youth. I've had a lot of, um, sexual trauma, a lot of just, just trauma, both physical, mental, mental, emotional trauma that, you know, I really always downplayed because I would hear somebody else's story and was like, oh, well, it's nothing compared to theirs. And so I just put walls up and I kept moving forward. I'm a very good processor and adapter. But what was happening is I wasn't really feeling what was happening. And so I was just ignoring it and moving on. And I, as, as we were there in this beautiful container with all of these strangers, these other women from all walks of life, all ages, all ethnicities, all backgrounds, we were all there because we needed to release something. And it, it was so profound. So, you know, as, as, as Elizabeth is talking and really talking about what we're going to experience and talking about eight you know, anger and rage, I was just realizing like, oh God, I really have just buried so much in my body, in my tissues for the sake of survival. And so during this event, we, after we had, we were done talking, she had us stand up and put on this like amazing kind of tribal music and we were just going to move our body. So I do a lot of, um, I do a, a breathwork practice called awaken breathwork where you are like, you're bouncing on your toes and moving your body, um, like shaking your arms, shaking your legs, you know, moving around. And sometimes you use voice activation for this. The very first thing we did for three straight minutes, which does not sound like a lot, we shook our bodies completely from head to toe and we just screamed. Now, for most of us, screaming either only takes place when you're pissed and it lasts like 10 seconds, it's one time and then it's done, or you don't scream at all, or you scream if you're going on a roller coaster or something like that. The act of opening your mouth and screaming and, to, and making all sorts of sounds and it not being a 30 second thing, but an actual, the, these movements and these sounds that crescendo and change in tone and moving your body and shaking the energy and getting it out of your body. It was so unbelievable and was so exhilarating actually to hear all of these women as a collective just screaming. So that was our first little exercise that we did. And then, you know, throughout the the two hours, Elizabeth had us go deeper and deeper. We did a specific type of breath work. And then these screams and screaming that ended up like, it's, it's very primal, um, but it's very familiar for women. So a lot of the movements that we were doing and the screaming and all of that sounded very much like or reminded me of giving birth because our bodies are very made to, you know, move in certain ways. And one of the exercises she had us do was, you know, we could be in a comfortable position, whether we were sitting or lying down and we had to think of, you know, a body part that I mean, whatever, whatever experience, emotion you wanted to conjure, but you had to make a face for what that, 
body part was feeling and then start to move your body in a specific way. And a lot of us as adults are so self-conscious and self-aware that we don't allow ourselves to just feel into that and 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 move freely without worrying about what we're going to look like or you know anything like that and i just let all of that go and allowed myself to move freely and so with the breath work with the screaming with the movement it was just a freedom that as a woman i haven't really felt in a long time because we're constantly in our minds and this is about dropping out of the mind and getting into the body And one of my friends who went is a very regal woman, but very reserved. She's been reserved her whole life. Um, And when everybody had kind of quieted down, she let out this wail that to me was so full of anguish and sounded like a mother had just lost her child. And everybody responded to her in this like collective scream and it was just incredible. It was a really beautiful container. And then we started, we kind of, you know, ended it by dancing and like moving around, which my friend who went, she was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm ducking out when the dance, dancing begins. But she did not. (laughs) She stayed. And then we all kind of shared our experiences. And one of the first things that I asked or raised my hand, I was like, where is this practice for men? Because men, more than anyone, more than us, I feel like are so suppressed. And in terms of using their voice like that or accessing that rage, it's either for men, it's like they are very rage filled and let it out when they're drinking or they're super pissed or being abusive and then there, there's this horrible pattern of, you know, being abusive and then regretting it and being abusive and regretting it. But men are not taught to access their own rage and their power. Um, so we really talked a lot about that. And we also talked about children being mirrors for what we are really afraid of. So I talk a lot about, you know, Sophie, who is has so much fire, so much passion, so much empathy. But when she gets so angry... It's not about her getting angry. It's about what it provokes in me and me being afraid of my own anger and how I'm going to respond. And that was a really huge light bulb moment for me was like, oh my, oh my God, like she really is a mirror to me and what I am experiencing in my life. So the entire experience was just one of those beautiful, almost dreamlike containers that when it was over, I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to forget anything. But from there, I had my first one-on-one with Elizabeth and we did this kind of cognitive mapping where we had to go through every single trauma that I've ever had since birth that I can, you know, actively recall and remember. And even as I was talking about it, and I said, I've, you know, I've been through some some pretty traumatic things, but I have zero emotion attached to it. Because I have walled myself off so much and protected myself, I can just list these off, rattle them off without any sort of emotion. And even as I was talking about it, I could feel all these little traumas inside, like, nope, nope, don't talk about that. Nope, nope, we're fine, we're fine. And the work that I will do with her, we're going to drop into the body and allow the body to 
kind of communicate and tell us what it is ready to release. And that is what I really realized is as humans, especially today, especially with how distracted we are and how much information we have and how unwilling we are to sit by ourselves and be quiet and just feel, we do not take the time to release, to fully, fully release. And after the roar event, you know, I came home and I talked to Alex and Sophie about it. And we actually did a practice together the next day of, of screaming. And Sophie was very kind of resistant to it. And she's like, I can't scream unless I'm mad. And I was like, okay, that's fair. And so the coolest thing happened where, you know, sometimes when she gets angry, she will direct it to me or to Alex and she'll slam her door and scream at us. And it just is a very, you know, big downward spiral. Well, she got frustrated doing math. Um, We were working on math and she went into her room, did not slam the door. And the next thing I hear is this guttural, like Sophie has a very high voice, but this was like from her belly and she was screaming into a pillow. And she did that twice And then she got it out of her system. And then later in the day, she got frustrated and she went and did it again. And I was like, yes, that is how you effectively use this screaming, even if you're only using it as a tool when you're angry. And she was like, I thought you would be mad. And I was like, absolutely not. You did not direct that at anyone. You just got it out of your system and were able to move on. And wouldn't it be amazing if from childhood we taught our children or taught ourselves that we need to release it all, the anger, the frustration, the rage, not just by talking, but by actually moving it energetically through our bodies, getting it up and out through our voices. And the practitioner, Elizabeth, said she does a truncated version of what we did that night at the Roar every single morning. So starting by, you know, jumping up and down on your toes, shaking your arms and legs, And just letting whatever sounds come out of your mouth come out. If you live in a place where you don't have privacy, you can do it into a pillow. Um, But just really letting it all out. And then doing this breath work that, you know, you sit on your knees or sit cross-legged. Your hands are on your knees. And you are diving forward, almost like you're you're doing like a little kind of belly roll and arching your back. And you're, you're breathing in through your mouth. And when you're letting it out, you let out whatever noise you want and you kind of bow and get close to the floor so you can let out like, ah, like whatever, whatever sounds you want. And some people might hear that and be like, oh my God, never. But it's this very like swooping, inhaling and then just letting it all out, inhaling and letting it all out, you know, doing 20 or 30 of those, breathing in, holding it at the top for as long as you can exhaling, holding it out at the bottom. Then you inhale and you let out the biggest fucking scream that you possibly can. And then again, um, towards the end, you know, we integrated and the sounds we were making were more tapped into joy and then sitting quiet with ourselves and embodying everything and seeing how we feel. And so she does like a 10 or 15 minute release every single morning. And 
it is unbelievable how that actually makes you feel once you get it out of your body. There is like this, what you're really doing is creating space. You are creating space in your body. You are creating space to gain clarity. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, I just want to do this every day. And when we met again for our cognitive session, she's like, you need to actually focus on grounding and preparing your body for the release that is to come. So she didn't want me to do that every day. Instead, I am focusing on calming my nervous system before we do all the big release work. But I will, in the show notes, put Elizabeth Devon's information if you want to connect with her. She actually does remote sessions if you do not live in Nashville, but uh, and I want to have her on the podcast after we really start digging into this work because when we met, you know, I've had a lot of, um, again, a lot of nervous system issues, a lot of kind of heart issues over the years, just incredible heart palpitations, fast heart rate. You know, I've been checked out a million times and like, oh, the structure of your heart's great. No one can get to the root of it. And I think the root of it is the nervous system. But she is the first person that I have talked to and really like taken her through my journey. And she's like, oh, this is going to be easy. We're going to, getting to the root of things is what I do. And you never hear a doctor, (laughs) you never hear a doctor say that. You never hear a lot of people say that. And so getting to the root of what is going on is so thrilling to me. But at the same time, if you are someone who's been holding on to some sort of physical issue or emotional issue, you start to identify with that thing. And it's really hard and unfamiliar to give that part of your identity up and see what's waiting there. For me, it scares me to to get to know who I am without being so much in fight or flight, without being like, go, 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 hustle, hustle, moving forward, doing a million things at once. Who am I if I'm someone who just is softer and more vulnerable and moves a little bit slower and can finally emotionally tap in and cry. I told Elizabeth the last hard cry I've had was 10 years ago when I gave birth to my daughter and she, you know, it was a 52 hour labor. She was stuck. And I was just at the end of my rope and like let go in a way that I probably never have before. And since then I've never had a release like that. And I am, I am willing and able and want to, tap into that part of myself that has been so buried behind this barrier of protection and survival. And, you know, so many of us are in survival mode all the time. And I really challenge you to look at where you might be holding on to certain traumas or experiences in your body how you can release them. And the easiest way is to use your voice, not for talking, but for screaming. I'm telling you, it is the most amazing, the the most amazing sense of relief comes when you allow yourself to do it and do it for more than 10 seconds. Do it for more than 30 seconds. See how your voice changes. Is it coming from your belly? Is it coming from your throat, from your chest? Does it make you cry? Does it make you laugh? Allow the emotions to come up to clear out of your body so you can drop into clarity. As always, thank you so much for listening. 
We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Right Way Presents The Real Story. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment. And for more information on The Real Story and Right Way, visit rightwayco.com.